Okay, we're back with Voices to Dream. And this is just a quick outtake that I have. I've got Barbara Coloroso here. Am I saying it correctly? Yes, you yes. Are. Okay. And one of the things that we didn't get to talk about in the podcast, but I'm really interested about is actually your, you mentioned a little bit at the end there, your, um, I don't know if you're working with, but the, the genocide in Rwanda. Yes. Can you tell um, us a bit after, more about that? Yes. After the genocide in Rwanda, which happened in 1994, the same time that the genocide and war in Bosnia was going on. Right. And that went on longer, but the genocide in Rwanda within a hundred days, almost a million human beings were macheted to death. Oh my goodness. After that, I had said to Stephen Lewis, who had been um, a politician in Canada and then became the UN ambassador from Canada and then became the UN envoy for AIDS in Africa and started a wonderful uh, foundation to work with uh, women and empowering women in Africa financially and the grandmother to grandmother program and the like. So I one day said to Stephen, what can I do? Is there anything I can do? You don't ask Stephen that. I ended up in Africa. I ended up in Rwanda with Hope for Rwanda, a program started in Canada, working with orphans from that genocide. Wow. And so um, uh, I worked with young girls who were in high school and young boys who were in college. Um, and while I was there, uh, there were people who had come in as quote unquote experts uh, to try to use conflict resolution to deal with the genocide. And I was invited to speak in uh, Butare, the university there, which is outside of Kigali. Um, and they asked me if I would come and talk to new teachers. Uh, about uh, bullying, because I had just written my book on bullying. And I said, uh, oh, my goodness, you would like me to come to the university in Batari to talk about bullying. When in 1994, half the staff killed half of the other, the other half of the staff uh, who were Tutsi and half of the students were complicit in the death of their classmates. Oh, and you would like me to talk about bullying. Tell you what, I'll be glad to. If you will allow me to explain that it's a short walk from schoolyard bullying to hate crimes to genocide. Genocide is not an unimaginable horror. It was thoroughly imagined, meticulously planned, horrifically carried out by people who turned other people into ants. Tutsis were known as cockroaches. Jews were known as vermin and bacteria eating at the fabric of our society. Armenians, dogs, Rohingyas are called fleas. You know, the dehumanization of another human being begins with verbal bullying. It is a short walk. And so I talked about that. And I talked about how um, conflict is to war as bullying is to genocide. In conflict, you resolve conflict. In bullying, you stop bullying. In war, you have to resolve the conflict there. You have to come to some kind of uh, um, way to come back that you both can move away from the war. Mm. In genocide, you have to stop it and hold them accountable. I look recently at what's happened in Ukraine. 
That is not a conflict. And we when people call it a conflict, a, a nation was attacked. Mm. That is not a conflict. And you don't get two people together and let's work this out. No, you hold whoever did the attacking accountable. So I was lecturing on that in Butari. Within an hour, the president of Rwanda, Kagame, Paul Kagame, uh, called my handler because I didn't speak um, uh, French well yeah. enough. And Kirwandan, I didn't speak those. So I had this minder with me and he gets a call from the president because within an hour, somebody had shared with him that the difference between a conflict and bullying, a war and a genocide. And he knew in his own way that he, when he stopped the, the um, genocide in Rwanda and all the rest of the world were saying, oh, it's ethnic rivalry, including my own country. It's ethnic rivalry. It's not a genocide. Because once you call it a genocide, you're responsible with the UN. Right. Uh, to call it what it is. And he invited me to come in and talk to him about it. Um, and so I did. Uh, and talked about, you know what, you don't use conflict resolution. You don't take the person who slaughtered your family and the person who witnessed that and put them together and say, let's make nice. No, you don't. What you do is you modify your gachacha, which is a historic way of healing. Um, and it was interesting because I had one of the young men who um, was going through college. My genocide book could put them through college um, and help the girls get through high school. Uh, and Isaiah married Clarissa, both of them having witnessed their family slaughtered. And that's why they were orphans. Isaiah was willing to go through Gachacha to hold the person accountable for slaughtering his family. But also once that person had gone through restitution, resolution, and attempted at reconciliation with him, he was ready to allow him to live in his village. Clarissa's story was something that was horrific. Um, and uh, she said, I can't do that. Mm. And so Kagami said to me, what do you do with people who won't enter into um, Gachacha with these people who are coming out of prison, who slaughtered their families? And I said, what I said to Clarissa was, don't lose your caring self. Because then the genocidaires have won. They've killed yeah. you too. So don't lose your caring self. Um, you don't have to um, uh, welcome them back because of the horrors you experienced, but don't become bitter. Um, you know, the Chinese have a saying, those who seek revenge had best dig two graves. And um, I had the wonderful opportunity of watching our children's godfather was kidnapped in, Rwanda, in um, Lebanon during the time that the American seven, Anderson and Sutherland, oh, yes. were kidnapped. Well, he was our children's godfather. He was my husband's teacher. He was the one who presided over our wedding. He was a dear wow. friend. And then our children's godfather. And he was kidnapped in Lebanon. They actually had the wrong person. The other priest was on the list, and he went to take his place. And, but they still held him for 18 months. And he wrote a powerful book, Bound to Forgive. Um, and how he could work through that 
he said, the forgiveness is not for them. It's for me. So I don't become yes. bitter. Yes. And that, that's the difference. Um, and so um, it fit in with my bullying uh, work where you don't resolve that. You don't put two teenage girls together and say, when one has, as happened in Rwanda, after the genocide, uh, and this is 10 years after mm. one girl in high school was saying, we're going to give you a machete necklace. Oh my goodness. To a, a Tootsie girl. You don't sit those two girls down and let's say, let's make nice. No, don't you hold that girl accountable restitution resolution and some way to reconcile at the other girl's behest mm. when she's ready. Yeah. You can, and actually show that you have made restitution and uh, and you have a resolution for how you're going to keep that kind of thing from happening. Yeah. Uh, and then when she's ready, you can sit down with her. You don't put two together um, and let's make nice. Cause what happens when you do that is usually the perpetrators all full of being nice around adults, not kind, but nice. Oh, I'm so sorry if you were offended. That isn't even an apology. It puts it back on the targeted yeah. kid. Yeah. Or, you know, I didn't think you were that sensitive. <laughs> and the other girl sitting there, like, I can make this illusion for Americans, like the Dixie Chicks. I'm not ready to make nice. Mm. When they had had their records all destroyed. And because of one comment they made about our president many, many years ago, um, which was spot on, actually. And, but they were ripped apart for it. I'm not ready to make nice. And the targeted girl sitting there, I'm not ready to make nice. And we say, oh, come on, let's work this out. You're in a small school. You're in a community. We have to get along. Uh-uh. That's she for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. She knows as soon as you leave, that girl's going to target her again. That's right. We That's need right. to look at in conflict, you resolve it. In bullying, you stop it and hold the person accountable. And that goes on everyday situations in our homes, our schools, and our communities, it also applies on the world scene. Mm -hmm. So it, it, somebody once said, I wish I knew who had actually said it to begin with, that you um, think globally, you act locally. Yes, yeah. Because it's right here every day. How do you deal with people who are dehumanizing another with the vitriol? that they're spitting out mm. the dehumanization of another human being. Again, genocide just didn't happen. No. Oh, short from the oh. hateful to the hate fueled violence to crimes against humanity. And where does that start? Our homes, our schools, and our communities. We want to have a compassionate world. It starts right here. Mm. Wow. Gosh, I love Barbara. And I, you know what I, I love there as well, that when you hear about, for example, politicians who are willing to listen. Like he yes. he knew that you had things that he could learn from and to say that. So uh, I, I thank you so much for telling us that story. And I have to just say a quick thing. Um, one of my guests that's coming up early next year, you might know her, I'm not sure, but she was a refugee from, the, from Rwanda and she saw most of her um, extended family, well, I think all of her extended family killed in the genocide. Machete to death. Machete to death. This is it. it no. Yeah. <laughs> and um, 
She, though, became a refugee and lives now in Canada, and she's currently Mrs. Canada. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> she her is. Story, her story will be, I mean, every one of those stories are heartbreaking. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that we as a, as a, um, a global community dismissed it as ethnic rivalry. Uh, when the river, the main river was, you could walk across the bodies to get across to the other oh side. Oh my goodness! Just flowing in there. and and I I wrote about in my uh, genocide book about a reporter asking one of the the politicians um, why what was happening in Rwanda was not called a genocide. And he, the reporter knew why, because once you declare it a genocide, you have an obligation to act. And this uh, diplomat said, well, uh, there's been some genocidal acts in Rwanda. And the reporter said, wait, wait, how many genocidal acts do you have to commit to make it a genocide? She said, I'm not prepared to answer that. Oh my goodness. We cannot stand by, or no. we are not so innocent bystanders. Yeah. We cannot look away. We cannot um, try to make it on par as a conflict. We have to be able to say this person attacked another person, this community attacked another community, or. <clears throat> This country attacked another country. Mm. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this outtake. And if you enjoyed it, please go back, listen to the full podcast, Barbara Coloroso. Thank you so much. It's been a real joy. Thank you, Suzanne. <laughs>